What's up, world? It's your girl, Brandy V. Poppin', and you're listening to Setting the Record Straight. So today, I'm going to talk about something that so many people go through, and they don't even realize how this can affect them. And you know how the lady on a Fix My Life, she always tries to dig really deep in your most inner deep you know secrets that are within like that you don't even realize are there or you do realize they're there and you kind of just block them out every day and I want to talk about um grieving grieving over someone that grieving over a parent that you never really knew grieving over a parent that all you saw was trouble you and others around them that you knew on your mother's side but the people on your father's side whom you're grieving over never saw a lot of what you went through what is it like to grieve over a parent that you don't know or all you know is trouble this may be a long discussion i'm not going to re-record anything i'm not going to edit anything i am literally sitting here speaking my truth i was sitting here watching i'm binge watching Greenleaf, and you know i've been sitting here all day just chilling And I was like, what is my topic going to be for tomorrow? I have a lot of topics wrote down, but that doesn't mean that I would actually do them in the order. And I was like, you know, Lord, I want this podcast to be something people can learn from and not like a gossip channel. You know what I mean? I want the Lord to lead me in a lot of things that I might discuss. And I feel like this is something that I need to talk about because honestly I haven't dealt with this situation so I'm gonna get right into the story my father has always been um in and out of prison you know and from a little girl I remember my father doing some very devious things and you know the things that my father did to my mother in in front of me and the things I went through with my father and the things that he has done to me as a little girl all the way up until I was seven years old my father was in and out my life my mom could not take any more of my father's abuse mentally or physically And the things that he had been doing to my family on my mother's side was just enough for my mom to say, I've had enough. You know, and as I tell this story, I can't promise you that my voice is not going to crack because I have never spoke my truth on the death of my father. But getting back to the story, um, my mother decided to kidnap me basically in so many words when I was seven and leave my father and 
one day I'm going to talk about that. Probably my next podcast may be on the abuse uh, dealing with my father. Because I'm quite sure that many have went through this. So anyway, um, you know, after my mom kidnapped me, I mean, basically took me away to protect me. She, you know, but in a form it was kidnapped because they had sole custody. Um, you know, this was years ago. They didn't have all this call the police, kidnapping, all that type of stuff. It wasn't like that back then. You know, my father probably didn't care. He had other kids everywhere. And I don't think he really cared because of the lifestyle he lived. Um, he was a known drug dealer in St. Louis. And, you know... I didn't see my father again until I was, I want to say I was seven when I saw him. The last time I saw him again, I was, um, I was 18 and I remember my mom dropping me off at the corner and her taking me over to where he was at at the time. And I remember it was Thanksgiving and I was so excited about seeing my dad for a holiday for the first time and I get over to my father's house and they're cooking or whatever you know the way they cook and I grew up with different types of styles of food so I asked my father I said why are you putting sugar in macaroni and cheese and I said I ain't never seen sugar in macaroni and cheese and he put sugar and something else and it was something and I was like you know I was just asking questions because at the time, I was 17 or 18. I think I was 17. I wasn't 18 yet because, you know what? I was 17 because I moved out right after this. So, um, I moved into the girls' home. So, you know, I'm asking my dad these questions, and I was really excited to go. I never spent a holiday with him that I could remember. And, you know, my dad went off on me. You know, and I don't remember word for word of what he said, but it was enough that I literally called my mother back, not even an hour later, to tell her to come pick me up. And I didn't even tell him I was leaving. I just asked my mom to come meet me, and I was going to get in the car with her. I didn't see my father again from 17 to I was 27 years old. And when I saw my father, we was having like a family reunion on my dad's side. I've always, you know, wanted to know my dad's side, but I just never saw that I fit in because how I was raised on my mom's side, I just didn't feel comfortable, you know, and it's like, I didn't know that side of my family. They all remembered me as the little girl, but I was no longer the little girl anymore. I was a grown woman and all they knew was, oh, this is little Brandy, little Brandy. Last time you saw me, I was four. You know, and it kind of just made me feel uneasy. You know, like there was my uncle who threatened to kill my mom there. You know, it just made me feel uncomfortable. But I made the best of the situation because I was just excited to like meet these people, you know. But it's like I met them, but it's like I didn't know them. And even to this day, I struggle with dealing with that side of the family because I'm uncomfortable. Like, I try to be as comfortable as I can. I lie to myself, telling myself that I'm comfortable, and I'm not. And I don't know why I'm not comfortable with them. Like, I have no idea. You know, I kind of feel like I was robbed, you know, by my mom taking me and not allowing me to grow up with them. And that really bothers me. You know, like, what would it be like if I did know that side of my family? 
And it's like, you know, to this day, and I'm in my late 30s, it's still uncomfortable because it's like, I just, I wish I had known you because they're like strangers to me. Even when I come around, I act funny or I'm just complaining or I just feel out of place sometimes because I don't know them. So it's like, I'm faking to fit in and that's just not me. So long story short, after I was 27, I didn't see my father again till I was married. And by this time I was 33 or 34. And so, um, my father was in the hospital. Um, mind you, um, let me rewind before I say that. I saw him again, maybe a few days later after this incident, um, you know, after the family reunion or whatever that happened on, um, the, you know, the street where our family grew up on my dad's side. My dad asked me, could he use my car? I don't know this man. I just know that he's my father, but I know nothing about him. I told him, no, you cannot use my car. You know, I don't feel comfortable letting you use my car. My father literally cussed me out, told me to get off of his porch. He called me out my name. I said, if that's how you want it to be, so be it. I said, the things that you said or do to other people, they don't scare me like they do other people. And I walked off them steps and I just shook my head like, wow, this is why my mom took me from you. You know, and so all my cousins and stuff got great memories with my father. I don't have any. And it doesn't make me feel jealous that they do. Absolutely. You know why? Because I don't have any good memories with him. So, I get off the porch, and I remember driving. I was going down Goodfellow. I didn't even get a mile down Goodfellow on my way back home. And a car runs up on the side of me with a sawed-off shotgun pointed at me, trying to rob me for the same car that my father asked me could he use and I said you know what the look in his eye when I when he called me out my name I said these males are sent by my father I don't have definite concrete evidence but I'm almost positive that he did it because he had that much power and that much control over the streets that I'm quite sure he sent them to rob me because I told him no he wasn't the type that you told no he was the type that he was gonna get what he wanted from you regardless or not right so I remember I said I'd be damned if I let this man take anything from me you know some of y'all might say oh you should have gave up the car hell no they they had the gun pointed at my car in my window my driver's side and they was so close to my car that I literally could have ripped off the side of my side mirror but natural instinct kicked in and honey my I've never drove a, a, a slow car ever in my life so I took that car and I punched it as fast as that car could go because I knew if I made it to the county line these niggas wouldn't leave in the city so when I took off um I made it all the way to 70 I know I was doing over 120 of Goodfellow 
running red lights and everything this is not a lie this is not a made-up story this is really what happened to me and you know this is many of things that has happened to me i've always wondered did i have a curse on me because of the stuff that has happened to me and after this situation i didn't see my father again until he was in the hospital because he's been battling he had been battling um leukemia for several years and they said he was from drug use is what he told me um dr- uh, years of drug use had caused his leukemia so i said oh this is just god's way and i won't even say god's way this is your karma of all the stuff that you have done to other people you are dying slowly but painfully all the money that you ever took from people, you you they making you put it right back into saving your own life. You know, these are the things that I battled with with my father. And so after that, I see him in the hospital, you know, I let my ex meet him, you know, and things like that. And it was like, I sat there in that hospital and I just looked at him. And I don't even know if I have the picture anymore. I took a picture and the picture I just, you know, I looked at him and I'm like, He was such a cool individual. How did you end up like this? And I'm quite sure that the reason he was so mean and so evil was his demons. And there's a secret that when I was five years old and I told my cousin Carla the secret because I'm almost positive that is what bothered him a lot of his life. Why he was so evil and things that he did. There's no way. You could walk the face of the earth knowing what you did and be sane, you know. So after I seen my father in the hospital, I think I went back alone right after that. Um, And then I seen him again when I was 37. He was in the hospital and I went to see him. And then we got a call. And you know what? The year prior to my father dying, I used to ask my mother, Mom, Am I going to care when my father dies? Am I going to care? And, you know, I've not had the best relationship with my stepdad either. And I, you know, like, and I'm like, to me, it's almost like she married the same person. It's just one was abusive and one was, um, one was physical and one was mental. And, well, the other one got physical with me too. But it's like, you know... But it didn't, this is my biological father. This is how I'm here, you know. So I kept asking myself, Mom, am I going to care, you know, not knowing that my father was going to die a year later. So, you know, I just kept asking. I wasn't trying to be funny. You know, when somebody's in and out your life, it's like, you know, it just, it just it, sometimes they fade away or you feel guilt. Like maybe I should have fixed the relationship. And all these years, I've had guilt Oh, maybe I should have made things better with my father. Maybe I should have tried to reach out more with my father, but I didn't. And, you know, and it was fear. My mom told me if I had a wedding and I invited my father, she wouldn't come, you know, and that's why I didn't have a wedding. Like, you know, it's so much that people don't know. And, you know, it was just so much. So, of this same year that I'm asking, would I care if my father dies? I have a dream 
And anybody that knows me knows my dreams you should not take lightly because 95% of them come to light. So I had a dream in November. And the dream was um, my father died. I woke up out the dream and I said, Mom, my dad is going to die between March and April. And she said, how do you know? And I said, I had a dream, you know, and I told my grandma, you know, my grandma has always looked at me sideways. And, you know, every time I told her I could see things and predict things or, you know, my dreams, she just always made me feel like I was crazy, like my ex did and so many other people. So after I had the dream, I kept trying to find my dad, you know, reach out to him. Every time I tried to call, my auntie would say, oh, he busy. I'll give him the message, blah, blah, blah. This went on for years. I mean, not for years. This went on for like weeks and weeks and weeks to the point where I just gave up trying to reach out to him, you know. And so I said, he was on my spirit so heavy. I knew something was going to happen. So in March, I get a phone call. The reason why I don't turn my Facebook off to this day is for reasons of things going on in the field. I get a call and say, Brandy, your dad's in the hospital. They rush him to the hospital. Mind you, this is like March. He died on March 25th. So this had to be like March 18th or 19th or something like that. Because he went in on like Sunday night. He died that Saturday. And so I get the call and I think I was at work. And I said, I'm on my way. And all I kept hearing was, pray for his spirit. Save his soul, save his soul. Save his soul, save his soul. And I get down there and it's my niece down there. And, you know, um, I see the nurses and the doctors and stuff like that. And, you know, they're asking him, do you know who she is? He said no. He said he didn't know who I was. And... When I looked him in his eye, I know he knew exactly who I was. Did it hurt? Oh, absolutely it hurt. Because you on your deathbed and you lying. You know, but it's all right. I'm good. I'm I'm just, you know, it is what it is. So I told my niece, all the way down there, I kept sitting here and save it so, save it so, so. I tried to pray for my father. And the devil would not let him answer or make any sound. To anything I was saying, I had to ask God. I said, please accept any sound or movement that he may make as a yes to what I am asking him. And, you know, after that, you know, I, me and my niece cried and I took a picture with his hand. I didn't want to take a picture of him because he was no longer, it wasn't him to me. You know, he had lost so much weight. So, after I left, I said, I didn't know how to feel. I really was lost. I was confused. My feelings were conflicted. Like, my father is on his deathbed right now. I said, Lord, if it's his will, save him. But if it is not, I accept that it is time for him to go. And, you know, so I didn't go. I know the next day or the next day. I think I went back on a Wednesday or Thursday, possibly. You know, I saw him and my stepmom was there and things like that. So Saturday comes. I'm rubbing my face right now and I'm rubbing my eyes because 
this day plays over and over my head. You know, and I woke up that morning. I was like trying to get my P.O. box set up because I was trying to get my life in order because I was um, making adjustments to move to Houston. Um, This was in 2017. And so March 2017, March 25th, 2017. And, um, you know, nothing was going right that morning. I said, you know what? I'm going to just go down here. And so we get down, I get down to the hospital. I knew something was not right. I kept feeling real funny. You know, it was raining and, you know, I got clips from that. And, um, you know, and I just, I mean, it was really rough that morning. It's like, what? why is this morning starting off like this? You know, so I was went down there. So we get in the room and I'm like walking real slow down the hallway to his room you know not expecting for him to be dead but for just because I was expecting something so I get in the room and my stepmom was in there and you know we were like you know sitting I was she was sitting in by the window and I was sitting like right in front of his bed and so my dad kept tugging on the bed and I said to myself is he fighting with his spirit right now you know the average person if you don't know God you wouldn't understand but if you know God and you know how the spirit works you could tell he was fighting with his soul to uh from leaving his body he wasn't ready and um he just you know my stepmom was like he called the nurse in to readjust him I look at the tubes I see nothing but blood it's been blood in his tubes for a couple of days now you know the doctor comes in they checking him they said sir do you know your name he says his full name he says sir Mr. Carter, do you know where you are right now? He said, I'm in Houston, Texas. Reason being is because my stepmom lives in Houston, Texas. She was actually on her way to come get him that Wednesday to bring him down to Houston, but he never made it. And that's one of the reasons why I fought so hard to get here. But anyway, I said, the Lord said something. And I said, I'm kind of thirsty. Let's go get something to eat. And... I kept looking at my dad before I left out that room. And the doctor asked him, did he know who I was then? And he did know. He said yes. And then, like, you know, days prior, I rubbed my dad's head. And, you know, I said, Dad, you know I love you, right? And he said yes. And, you know, I made my peace with him before he left. And, you know, I'm not known to, like, stick around. Like, my dad's, I could tell you, I'm in and out, in and out, in and out. You'll see me every blue moon and be like, oh, she's here. How long is she going to stay? You know, blah, blah, blah. But I made sure that my father knew. Even though he, he, you know, it was so sad for me because I didn't have him growing up like I would want it to. I didn't know who he was, but I knew he was my father. Like, I looked like him. I had ways like him and it's still you know it bothers me because I didn't get the relationship that I wanted with my father I've never had a relationship with anybody you know a father figure and it's ruined me and uh for many years not having it but when we walked out that room and we came back I sat down and I sent out a Facebook message. This before I even realized my father was dead. I sent out a message and I said, thank you everybody for praying and blah, 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 yada, yada, yada. 
it's like I already knew. I felt something in my soul that he was dead. And he is my parent, so I I don't care what he's done or hasn't done. I'm still going to feel something. So I got up off the chair, and I went, and I checked my father's pulse. And I said, Dolores, I think he's gone. Dolores is a nurse. And she came over. She said, yeah, he's gone. And it's so sad because I tried to close my father's eyes so he could just rest in peace and he would never close them. And as I'm sitting right here and I'm telling y'all my story, the tears are falling out my face because I never will forget the image. And it's like I've never really grieved. over my father because I didn't know how to feel. I didn't know how to deal with not knowing him. But I will be honest with you. Even though even though I didn't know him, it's very painful to lose a parent. It's very painful. And you know, I, I answered the question, you know, and I just, after he died, we didn't have any memorial or anything. He just died. And it's like, you know, do I feel guilty? You know, now that he gone, I really don't. I don't feel guilty. I just feel like I'm at peace because I have battled pain with parent and my mom being scared of him and she's not going to do this if he comes. And it just kind of was a sense of relief. But it wasn't for other people, but not for myself. You know, because I don't have to feel guilty about not having a relationship. I don't have to feel guilty, you know, about the things that he's done to my mom, you know, or some of the family members. And it's like, it's hard, you know, like, I see people on TV with their fathers. and I'm like, I wish I had a father to call. I wish... I can just call my daddy. It's just him saying it'll be okay. But you know, that's why we serve an awesome God. Because even though I did not have a physical father in my life, I always had God. I've always had our Lord and Savior. The Lord has been my strength. He has been my father. He has shown me that I don't need human flesh father as long as I got him you know and this was very difficult for me to record but as I stated to many people my podcast would be my my life my truth things that I've never shared with anybody this is my truth grieving is something I had never did until this moment like I just kind of let him died and that that was it and it's just something I watched just recently triggered that I had never really grieved or spoke on how I felt about him and how it how I felt when he died and it hurt me when he died because I it was like I was my emotions was conflicted I'm okay because I no longer have to worry about him. And then I didn't get a chance to have a father. So it's like, 
it was hard. It's difficult even talking about it. But I know, again, God has me. He always has. But I'm telling my story because it's okay if you don't know how to feel over a parent that you didn't know that's died. Don't hold it in. Let it out because it will affect you. You will think about it. You you, you will see other parents, other people with a father, and it will make you feel some type of way. I won't say it will make you feel like, I won't say like angry but you'll be you will like crush your mind it's okay if you had a parent that wasn't there and you was neglected it's okay to still have feelings for that parent it's also difficult for me to go around my family and they say oh she looked just like him oh poncho did this and poncho did that but i don't have any memories of poncho doing anything for me anything fun everything i saw was evil mean i don't have any stories so if my dad's side is listening to this i apologize to y'all i really do it's not y'all fault that i act the way i act towards y'all it is not y'all fault why i don't come around it is not y'all fault um that I kind of be standoffish or it is not your fault. It's something that I personally am dealing with. Like, I don't know how to be comfortable around my dad's side of the family. I try and I just feel so out of place or I find some reason to get mad just so I don't have to come around anymore. Like, I've been doing this for years on purpose and it's like it's got to stop it has to stop somewhere because I just don't want to keep living with it so it's like I'm telling this story now is my way to release this feeling and try to move forward in peace and if I've hurt anybody by coming in not your life by you get to know me and I'm gone I am truly sorry that was not my intent but I can't change the way I used to react to things. I could just continue to pray that God makes it better. And I love everybody on my mom's side and my dad's side. But I can't change how the cars I was dealt and how I reacted to them and how I dealt with them. I am getting better day by day by day because I stay constantly praying. And with that, that is my story on how to deal with grieving of a parent I didn't know 